0: CHAPTER THIRD OF Mildred AT HOME BY MARTHA FINLEY. THIS LIBRIVOX RECORDING IS IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN. AUNT WEALTHY Dr. Landreth and his party reached Philadelphia in due time, arriving in health and safety, having met with no accident or loss on the way. Mrs. Dinsmore found her father and the family carriage waiting for her and her baby boy at the depot. The others took a hack and drove to the Gerard house, where Miss Stanhope, who had been visiting friends in the neighborhood of the city, had proposed to meet them so that they and she might journey westward together. She was there waiting for them in a private parlor. The meeting was a joyful one for the two ladies, who, though always warmly attached, had now been separated for a number of years. They clasped each other in a long, tender embrace. Then Mildred introduced her husband and exhibited her baby with much pride and delight. Annis too, for she had quite grown out of Aunt Wealthy's recollection, and had scarce any remembrance of the old lady, except from hearing her spoken of by the other members of the family. The travelers were weary from their journey, and there was much to hear and tell. So the remainder of that day was given up to rest and talk, a part of the latter being on the arrangement of their plans. Mildred proposed that they should take a week or more for rest and shopping, then turned their faces homeward you must allow some time for sight-seeing my dear said her husband it would be a great shame to carry Ennis all the way out to indiana again without having shown her the lions of philadelphia oh certainly she must see them said mildred you can show them to her while aunt wealthy and i are shopping you intend then to shut me out of that business how shall i know that you will not be ruining me my dear said mildred laughing you forget how rich you have made me i shall have no occasion to ruin anybody but myself and as for me remarked miss stanhope dryly i have my own purse and father has sent money to buy ada's things mother's and fans too added annis but milly i must have some share in the shopping too i expect to enjoy that as much as the sight-seeing mildred assured her she would have as much as she wanted adding "'but there will be a good deal which will not be likely to interest you, "'nappery and other housekeeping goods, for instance. "'Your share of those things will interest me, "'and must be paid for from my purse,' put in the doctor. "'Quite a mistake,' said Miss Stanhope. "'Those are the very things a bride or her parents are expected to supply.' "'But Mildred is no longer a bride. "'Milly, my dear, I want you to help me to select a dress for the bride that is to be.' Mildred looked up with a pleased smile. That's just like you, Charlie, always thoughtful and generous. Ada Keith was the coming bride. She and Frank Osborne had been engaged for some weeks and expected to marry in the fall. This news had increased Anna's desire to get home. She wanted, she said, to see how Mr. Osborne and Ada acted and whether they looked very happy. And just to think, she added, when they're married, fan will be Miss Keith we too will be the young ladies of the family ah indeed how old may you be my little maid laughed the doctor most thirteen returned the little girl drawing herself up with an air of importance a very young young lady most decidedly he said with a humorous look bending down to pinch her rosy cheek as he spoke i'm growing older every day she answered demurely edging away from him father told me a year ago that i'd soon be a woman quite soon enough dear don't try to hurry matters said aunt wealthy you can never be a little girl again mildred having brought a competent nurse with her thus far on her journey a negro woman who would serve her in the care of little percy while they remained in philadelphia and then returned to the south with mrs dinsmore was able to give herself to the shopping without distraction as she had foreseen the greater part of that work fell to her and miss stanhope dr landreth and annis accompanying them constantly for a day or two only and after that for an hour or so when something was to be purchased in which they were specially interested but the two ladies were equal to the demand upon them mildred had had a good deal of experience in shopping in the last few years and miss stanhope was a veteran at the business an excellent judge of qualities and prices yet by reason of her absent-mindedness she tended to have her knowledge supplemented by the collected wits of her niece the old lady's odd ways and speeches often caused no little amusement to all within sight and hearing one day she her two nieces and dr landreth were in a large handsomely appointed dry goods store looking at silks and other costly dress fabrics they had had many several selections and while the doctor and Mildred paid for and saw the goods cut off and put up, Miss Stanhope moved on to the farther end of the room, where she saw, as she thought, an open doorway leading into another of similar dimensions and appearance. As she attempted to pass through the doorway, she found herself confronted by a little old lady rather plainly attired. Miss Stanhope nodded pleasantly and stepped to the right. At the same instant, her vis-à-vis nodded also and stepped to her left, so that they were still in each other's way. Miss Stanhope moved quickly to the other side, but the stranger doing likewise, and they did not succeed in passing. Miss Stanhope stood still, so did the other, and for an instant they gazed steadily into each other's eyes. Then Miss Stanhope spoke in a gentle, ladylike, yet slightly impatient tone i should like to go on into that part of the store if you will kindly permit me take whichever side you will or if you please stand where you are and let me step past you she attempted to do so but again the stranger moved directly in front of her madam said miss stanhope unconsciously raising her voice slightly i will stand still if you will be good enough to step out of my way there was neither reply nor movement But Miss Stanhope's ear caught sounds of suppressed laughter coming from various directions behind her, and a clerk, stepping to her side, said with an unsuccessful attempt to preserve gravity of countenance and steadiness of tone, "Um, Excuse me, madam, but you are standing before a mirror. Uh, There is no doorway there. Dear me, so I am. What an old simpleton not to recognize my own face, she exclaimed joining good-naturedly in the laugh her mistake had raised very good evidence that you are lacking in the vanity that leads some to a frequent contemplation of their own features remarked the proprietor politely ah sir an old lady like me has small temptations to that she returned what was it aunt wealthy what are you all laughing at asked annis joining her just at a foolish mistake of your old aunties my dear taking a mirror for an open doorway and her own reflection for another woman who wouldn't get out of her way Annis could not help laughing a little though she tried not to lest she should hurt the dear old lady's feelings i'm not much surprised auntie she said gazing into the mirror for it does seem like looking into another store i think i might have made that mistake myself but i never could have taken you for anybody else and it's odd you didn't know yourself ah dearie self-knowledge is said to be the most rare and difficult thing in the world returned miss stanhope pleasantly but come i see the doctor and milly are waiting for us we are going to some trimming stores now aunt wealthy said mildred and you will be able to match your zephyrs i hope yes i'll have my samples out ready to show the old lady answered taking them for a small satchel which she carried upon her arm you and the doctor walk on annis and i will follow take tight hold of my arm dearie she added holding it out as she stepped onto the street lest you should get separated from me and lost in the crowd the streets are so full and everybody seems in the greatest hurry yes said annis doing as she was bidden so different from pleasant plains there one can hurry along or not as one likes without being jostled there milly and brother charlie have gone into a store and we must follow they hastened in almost out of breath from their rapid walk miss stanhope gently shook off annis's hand stepped to a counter holding out her samples of zephyr and addressing a clerk remarked these are lovely colours yes said the girl staring but what of it ma'am my aunt wishes to match them said annis with dignity resenting the half insolent tone of the girl oh go to the next counter they moved on Miss Stanhope, smiling to herself is her own mistake. Anna's with cheeks burning with indignation at the girl's rude stare and supercilious tone. "'Don't forget what you want this time, Auntie,' she whispered, as they paused before the next counter. "'No, dearie, but you mustn't mind your old Auntie's blunders.' This time they were waited upon by a sweet-faced, modest maiden, who showed herself both obliging and respectful. Miss Stanhope found just what she wanted— But Mildred was not ready to go yet, and while waiting for her, the old lady and the little girl amused themselves in examining the various contents of a showcase. Annis admired a necklace of amber beads, and Aunt Wealthy bought it for her, and another nearly like it for Fan. Anything else, ma'am? asked the saleswoman as she wrapped them up. Yes, one of those little purses, said Miss Stanhope. It is just what I want for small change, and the trunk of my key, which I always carry in my pocket when traveling. With a slight smile, the saleswoman handed out several. Miss Stanhope made her selection in the query. Anything else was repeated. Oh, yes, explained the old lady, as with sudden recollections. Have you any remnants? Remnants of what? Uh, Dress goods. Oh, no, we keep nothing but trimmings and notions mildred had finished her purchases and coming up at that moment asked what is it aunt wealthy remnants oh yes of course you will want a supply of them returned mildred with a good-humoured slightly amused smile and yet what use can you make of them now even annis has grown too large for a remnant to make her a dress but there's percy and Zillah's boy too was the prompt reply besides they can be put to many uses about a house mightn't a remnant be big enough to make an apron for a lady even asked annis yes said mildred and as i know auntie enjoys buying them we will look for some they started at once on the quest and miss stanhope was quite elated and triumphant on finding in two different stores two remnants of beautiful lawn exactly alike which together would make an ample dress pattern for annis besides others that could be utilized for aprons for fur and fan dresses for the baby boys or patchwork for quilts remnants were quite a hobby with the old lady and she could never feel quite satisfied with the results of a shopping expedition that did not include some bargains in that line returning to their hotel they found letters from the oaks and from home awaiting them ah milly remarked the doctor with satisfaction as he glanced over his here are our measures rupert sends them then they are sure to be right she responded Measures for what? inquired Miss Danhope. Wallpaper and carpets for our new house. It is ready for them. Oh, how nice! cried Annis, clapping her hands. May I go with you to choose them, Brother Charlie? We will be pleased to have your company and the benefit of your taste, was the gallant rejoinder. Aunt Wealthy's also. Thank you, said Miss Stanhope, absently. I'm glad you're so near being done with your house, and I think it's a good plan to buy your papers here, but I'm afraid you'll have to put it in yourselves. For though I remember there were some painters in Pleasant Plains when I was there, I don't think there were any paperers at all. And everybody's walls were whitewashed, as far as I can recollect. But you know that was some years ago, Auntie, said Mildred, and a good many luxuries have been introduced since then. Paper hangers among the rest. And the Keith family are so handy that they can easily do such work for themselves if necessary, laughed Annis the boys really did paper our house and paint it too do you see milly she said holding up a letter this is from elsie she says she is having a lovely time all alone with her papa but misses us ever so much and hopes we will come back to spend next winter at the oaks tell her when you write that we are greatly obliged but the journey is quite too long to take twice a year returned mildred merrily and we couldn't spend every winter away from father and mother added annis Oh, how glad I shall be to get home to them, and Fan, and the rest. How soon can we start? Time's up in another week, answered the doctor, and I judge, by the rate at which we've been going through the shopping and sightseeing, that we'll be ready by then. End of chapter 3